How's it going, everyone? Joe Gagne here, welcoming you to edition number 20, yes, the big 2-0, of Joe vs. the World, and my guest today is making his second appearance on the show. He is Tanvir Aquib. Tan, how you doing? I'm doing okay, and since this is the 20th show for Joe vs. the World, I'd just like to say that it's been a huge pleasure, you know, thousands upon thousands of fans have emailed me and told me about how they loved my appearance on the last show. And because of this, because of this outpouring of emotion from thousands of you, I'd like to call this show Ten Beer versus the World. Sure, I'm fine with that. Oh, why, thank you, Joe. Okay, well, I'm all about the giving here. And, yeah, uh, that's giving and taking. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. That's the way the world should be. That's true. And uh, if I sound terrible, I apologize. I spent uh, last night in a leaky tent in East Windsor to see a Ring of Honor show that had to be held outside... Um, Due to some yeah. fire marshal. Yeah, you had quite an eventful week, didn't you? Yeah, this was a very wrestling-packed week. Yeah, but, um, yeah. You went to okay. You went to Ring of Honor. You went to SmackDown mm-hmm. and ECW. Yep. And did you did you go anywhere else? Nope, just those two shows. But that's a uh, that's a lot of wrestling right there. That is a lot of wrestling, and if you're watching television as well, that's probably around ten hours of your life devoted to wrestling in the past week. Which means well-spent time. Yeah, unless <laughs> unless you have, unless you're living with like a female, then, then they want to watch Lifetime, or they want to watch A&E, or just the most favorite show that I know that women love to watch is either The View or Law and Order. I don't mind Law and Order. I'd rather watch that than The View. I know. I mean, I don't, I don't want to watch Rosie, but I'm just so sick of hearing, dun-dun. Yeah, I guess you have a point. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. But it's kind of cool. It is. It is. Well, uh, Ring of Honor is a story for another time, the next show, in fact. But you were at the 9-11 Raw, so uh, we will discuss this. When you heard Raw was going to be in MSG on the fifth anniversary of 9-11, what were you expecting? Did you think they were going to do something offensive or or just, just, you know, have a a nice moment? Which, Which is what they did, actually. I thought it would be in their best interest to have a nice moment, you know, a nice sentimental moment. I I, I could feel the American sentiment in the air even before then, you know. I mean, it's it's, I, it's hard to believe that it's been five years since terrorists took planes into our towers. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's very hard to believe, but uh, it's interesting because I remember um, going on to um, figure four the figure four website mm-hmm. and I think Alvarez put something about like he, he he didn't really want to think about it but he thought that something offensive might occur yeah if something I offensive think. had occurred I don't think anyone would be be stunned I mean this was on yeah, accident I, they had the show scheduled on, on 9-11 no one said oh wow we're in New York on uh, 9-11 what, what are the odds of that what are the odds that WWE would come back come back to to Madison Square Garden after quite a long hiatus and come on day that terrorists took some planes into buildings and killed thousands of people. Mm. It had been a, it had been like 18 months that they'd been in MSG. I think they were a uh, rent problem. I think it was too expensive for them to run given how they were drawing, but they, they were back. And uh, yeah, what did you think of the show overall, just real quick? It's... It's interesting because the fan the fans really wanted a great show. I mean, all fans when when you when you pay 
forty dollars. When you when you're paying through Ticketmaster or whatever the hell you're paying through, and you go to a show, you don't want to you want to pay for crap. And um, the fans they they want to see DX, you know, they want to see John Cena. They want to hear all the catchphrases. They want excitement. And um, leaving leaving Raw, and my first opinion was that it sucked, mm-hmm. just because the um, the the atmosphere was there, but the uh, the product that we saw just didn't deliver up to the uh, expectations that we had. And I, I know that it was a it was the go home show before the uh, is it the go home show before the pay per view? Uh, yes, Unforgiven is tomorrow, so that was the yes. Go-home well, show. I don't keep up with the show as much, but I was pretty sure that it was the go home show. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I understand that, but it's been eighteen months, and I. I, I the one thing that I wanted to do was just say suck it, just just once. I just want to say suck it, and I just can't say it all the time out in public when I'm walking down the street, when I'm on the train surrounded by all different kinds of people. I can't say suck it, but when I came to Madison Square Garden, I really, really wanted to say suck it, and it didn't deliver. Uh-huh. And now I'm forced to saying suck it on a podcast. <laughs> Well, for the record, you you could say "suck it" in uh, in the in the real world, but there would probably be ramifications, perhaps a punch in yeah. the head, or pepper spray, or mace, or what have you. Yeah, I wouldn't want any of that to happen. But I really wanted to say "suck it." I wanted Triple H to start pointing at different females and asking them to show their memories, and that just didn't happen. And I'm so I'm still angry about it. And I want John Cena to come out and uh, say some funny things about homosexuals, and he didn't do that, and. Um, I don't know. I was. I actually, I actually felt kind of underwhelmed. But the one thing that I can say that I was happy about was seeing Hacksaw Jim Duggan because it gave me the ability to say "oh" many, many times. Good times. All right, we'll uh, we'll go through this real quick. Just some highlights, and uh, we had Umaga and Ric Flair, which mm-hmm. was just a, a backdrop for Kane coming down. And uh, I will say, Flair is certainly a man comfortable with his masculinity. Because he was wearing a pink robe and a, a hot pink boa, so yes. thumbs up to him. Yes, yes, he's he's not very he's not uncomfortable with his masculinity, but it's still odd and it kind of freaks me out when when I see a grown man walking around wearing a, a pink outfit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm not I'm not ready for that. I, I know it's 2006 and everything, but I'm just not ready to to, to, to see that and to accept that with open arms. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I love Umaga. Umaga has a charisma about him when he walks down. And even though it's 2006 and it's kind of a hokey gimmick, he pulls it off really well. And I really like watching him spit the fuck out of everybody that he's in the ring with. They're doing a good job with this. I, I agree it is hokey and kind of 80s, but you know, they they haven't screwed this up, and uh, I, I don't know what the ceiling is for a gimmick like this. I don't know if he'll be headlining pay-per-views, although maybe he will. Who who knows, but we who shall knows? see. Who knows? I'm just glad that he has a job. I, I'm glad that there is an Umaga in 2006. Mm-hmm. Not everything needs to be so current all the time. I think you need a little hokiness every now and again, because this is professional wrestling. It's not supposed to be... It shouldn't... You shouldn't have to be taken seriously all the time. That's what I think, especially since we all know that it's it, it's choreographed and everything. But, you know, we can kind of let it slide a little bit, you know, have a little bit of fun. So I think it's a fun gimmick, and 
he he makes it he makes it fun even though he's supposed to be like this kind of like mean heel who doesn't speak any for English and probably wouldn't be in America if he didn't pass the immigration test. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Then we had uh, Roddy Piper making a surprise appearance and I uh, did some cool. stuff with the Highlanders. I mean, as a match, didn't didn't do much for me, but the crowd certainly seemed uh, very into it. The crowd was into it, and I I was kind of into it as well, but the crowd kind of died whenever the uh, the Highlanders kind of got their offense in. Like everybody wanted to see Piper in there, and mm. uh, even when they were doing the whole stick in between when, with uh, Piper and the Highlanders, mm-hmm. um, I kind of got the feeling that Piper didn't make the Highlanders look like they belonged in the same ring with him. Yeah, kind of. Kind of a weird thing to say, but uh, uh, I kind of felt that people were there to see Piper, and even with the Highlanders involved, it, it didn't make the Highlanders cool to anybody. No. But I do enjoy their matches. I, I, I like their, their comedy routine. I love it when they wrestle guys like uh, Snitsky, Spirit Squad. I, 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 even though a lot of people on the internet tend to, tend to bash the matches that the Highlanders are in, mm-hmm. The crowd always seems to pop for their stuff, so mm-hmm. there has to be a positive in that. Mm-hmm. All right, and then we had the big uh, six man with with John Cena, Jeff Hardy, and Carlito against Edge, Randy Orton, and Joey Nitro. Good, uh, good long match, I thought. But uh, the real story here was, was John Cena, and wh- what exactly, like, how much of the crowd was for and against him in uh, in MSG? All the all the kids were in favor of him, and. The, all the uh, adults were seemed to be booing him. I guess the women were in favor because they 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 want to have sex with John Cena, so of course they would cheer for a man that they want to have sexual intercourse with. And I can understand that. Uh, adult men, however, don't want to have sex with John Cena, and therefore they they're booing him probably out of anger because their wives want to have sex with John Cena instead of them. So I'd say it's about probably 60-40 just, just because of the the vigor that came out of the angry husbands of, in the crowd. Well, I, I've, I've really turned the corner on Cena. When I saw him live at SummerSlam and his own hometown uh, turned on him. And um, yeah, I, I turned the corner on him. John Cena's okay by me. Uh, you wanna, I don't want to have sex with him, but uh, you want to lump me in with the women and children, that's fine because yeah, yeah, I don't want to have sex with him either, but he works really hard in the ring. Even though he's very awkward in there still, yes. and even though his comebacks are very lacking, it just, it just seems as, as though he's kind of robotic in there when he makes his comebacks. Mm. But um, he, has some, he has a presence about him, a superstar presence about him, and I consider him to be like the best Lex Luger out there. You know, as a as a babyface, I think he he kind of reminds me of Luger, but um, better promo skills and um, more willing to take bumps. I, I consider him to be like a better better Luger, like the best Lex Luger out there in the world, which would probably be like a lesser version of Mike Enos. I'm trying to do the math in my head. Yeah, I mean, you have to think about this. Though, I, do. I really do. You have to think about this. I remember seeing this match on Thunder. It must have been about five minutes long. 
Luger versus Mike Enos, I swear to God, it was a great match for what it was. You have to look back into the Thunder archives. Just check out DDT Digest. It's in there somewhere. There ha- <laughs> there, someone has to has to put this match up on YouTube. Even if WWE puts the kibosh on it, I think the world really needs to see Luger Enos one more time. Someone needs to bring it back. Ring of Honor needs to bring this back and have it be their main event because nobody wants to see Brian Danielson. Fuck Brian Danielson. People want to see Lex Luger versus Mike Enos because these two guys represent everything that professional wrestling is. <laughs> anyway, back to Cena <laughs> for a second. Um, we've seen, obviously, baby faces get who get booed by the crowd. We've seen heels who get cheered. But I don't think there's ever been a situation like this where someone causes half the crowd to love him, half the crowd to hate him, and everyone is so passionate about this. It's It's really fascinating in a way. I know. And it's funny because... At first, when this became more prominent, Meltzer was pissing his pants like, this is, this is a really embarrassing situation for WWE, and they don't know what to do. And then later on, he spins it and says, well, even though it's a 50-50 crowd response, he's drawing, he's drawing these people. He's drawing these people who want to boo him, and he's drawing these people that are cheering for him. So he must be doing something right. You know, I yeah. think... Uh, in this case, I think that the WWE made the right decision in not turning him heel because he's bringing in so many people to come to the building. I mean, without John Cena, imagine what the ratings would be. Imagine what the buy rates would be. You'd have SmackDown. Yeah, it would be pretty bad. So I think even even though the crowd is very mixed when it comes to Cena, uh, he's he's quite the success mm-hmm. so I, I i it's amazing to watch it was amazing to be part of it uh and um that that, that pretty much was the highlight of the show just seeing the reaction of the, of, of the crowd um one thing of the match about the match though is that i thought that it went a little bit too long just mm. there's too many near falls i kind of i i was feeling kind of burned out with it i, I kind of thought that it could have shortened it a little bit um, but a uh, smart move on them not having Cena and Edge do too much in the ring against each other. If they did anything in the ring against each other, it, it just dragged so it dragged on so much for me that uh, I kind of just got tired after a while. Yeah, I think I think everyone on the babyface side played a uh, babyface in peril like twice. Yeah, it's just it's kind of a annoying, you know. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Hardy didn't Jeff Hardy fuck up a move like uh, <laughs> I think that, that was. That's a safe bet. <laughs> Even if you he hadn't seen it. He fucked up a move diving out of the ring. I think yes. he was like, he, fell, he fell on his head, I think. He came up real short right. on some kind of dive. Yeah. Pretty bad, yeah. I remember yeah. seeing that. But, over, I mean, overall, the crowd popped pretty big for the end. But mm-hmm. it just seems like when I'm watching re- wrestling matches, the crowd seems to be dead in the middle of the match, and they just pop for the, pop, pop for the finish. Mm. It seemed like the crowd really died off after this match with the final segments, yeah. including stuff that would seem to get a big reaction. I kind of think that the fans in the arena, a lot of them may have been hardcores, but a lot of them also were casual fans. Mm. It's kind of interesting because um, I was sitting in a, I was sitting in a section full of fans, and the section right next to me were, um, there were, I believe, were about two, maybe, I'd say about 15 people. People were, um, I think they were commented by WWE, and, and they actually worked for USA. Oh. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Like 
there was some guy, I overheard some guy talking to somebody about uh, how he had gotten autographs from the Spirit Squad or something. <laughs> he was mentioning the Iron Sheik. Oh, boy. Well, yeah, I, I need to talk about the Iron Sheik. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll close the show with uh, Sheik talk. but Tremendous, yes. Yeah. All right, moving along, we have uh, Chris Masters, who's lean and mean, in case you haven't heard commentary. He's quick now. He's lean and mean with his reduced quick. body mass. Yeah, he's fast, but uh, he yeah. still jobbed to super crazy. This match was it, – it led to an it led to the same result that happened in the prior week's show, mm-hmm. but it didn't get the intended reaction. Mm. Um, I, think the, I think the company kind of realized that you know, no one no one believes in Super Crazy mm. that he can that he can win a competitive match at least still. Even though he beat Masters once, they bring him back out again the next week and do the same match over with, and the crowd still doesn't care. I was looking out in the crowd and I just saw people just leaving and just going to concessions, going to yeah. take a piss, and it just seemed as though no one cared, no one was going to care, and I think. I think the WWE they kind of take their fan base for granted a, a couple sometimes when it comes to putting matches out like this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think the crowd wouldn't have popped even if Masters won. No one seems to care. No one's going to care about yeah. this. I think they're going to have to do something with Masters either, either keep him in OVW or put him on Heat. Do something with the guy, but just just don't put him out on television if this is what you're going to do. I just mm-hmm. hope that they do something with him or let him go because it's, yeah, I feel kind of sorry for him because I, I, I can tell that he probably is not feeling very happy in his new shrunken face. <laughs> I wouldn't be too happy either, oh. but um, I don't know if the future looks too bright for Mr. Masters. But No, I, I, think, I think eventually they're going to have to let him go Could <laughs> because be, his, but... wrestling, his wrestling hasn't improved any bit. Or if it, I, I think it has in the, st- in the sense that you know, he bumps a little bit more now, mm. um, but, uh, oh, I mean, his promo skills still suck, and uh, he doesn't seem to have much of an offense. It's it's below the offense of, like, let's say, like, a Justin Credible, you know, yeah. which is kind of, this is kind of sad. And not a good place but, to be. No, no, not at all, not at all. But, Mm-mm. well, then we had a... Trish Strass's farewell to Madison Square Garden. She beat Mickey James, and not a lot of heat for this, it seemed like. No, no, not a lot of heat for this, but um, I, I can tell you from my personal experience that I, I popped big for when, mm-hmm. when Trish came out because I knew it was her last match of Raw, and um, I, I had a, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it doesn't take a huge crowd reaction for me to get into a match, yeah. and I thought it was a good match, and I think the fans just were kind of tired and everything. Just... Just because of the uh, the six man match, and because it went so long, and the the the, uh, the heatless masters crazy match that preceded it, so um, I don't know. I think the fans are just kind of tired. You yeah, know? it was like okay, this is the show. <laughs> yeah. So um, I I know that after the match ended, I, the, the fans kind of got into it, you know, because nobody want nobody really wanted to see Trish leave and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone, and she got her her token applause. You know, sure. I kind of wish she had a longer speech. Yeah, that was, it was like two sentences. Two sentences. Like, what, yeah. What's that gonna do for me? Come on, I I came to see Trish Stratus. Damn it. Oh. He was. She was. She was pretty good for a while, and then she kind of became like a 
like a softer, sensitive version. Mm. Yeah. I liked her better when she was McMahon's whore. (laughs) Sure. And uh, then we had the main event. We had Mr. McMahon against Triple H. Uh, DX got taken out before the match. Crowd was very, uh, very quiet for this, probably because it was not what they wanted to see in this no. matchup. But Vince McMahon got to win in MSG, and uh, there you go. That's your go home for the pay per view. They didn't build this match up, though. It just mm-hmm. didn't. I mean, how many? Uh, I, I don't. I don't think. I think there was one thing, one, like one little short little vignette, where it was like a beatdown of Triple H. Mm-hmm. Before the main event, like yeah. almost, yeah, and they didn't they didn't build that match up at all, like not even not in the beginning of the show, not in the middle of the show, not in the, not not even in the near end before the match. I just in that part, just in that part that they build it up. But I mean, I think that the crowd wanted more. They wanted to see DX come out, and everybody wants to say suck it. Actually, I, I want to say suck it. I want to say suck it right now. Suck it! But it doesn't have that same reaction that I... That, yeah, instead of being yeah, in, a, in a big crowd. You know, I, I don't, I'm not really good at finishing sentences. <laughs> too much too much glue trap sniffing when I was in fourth grade, I think. Yeah. I think that that's that's pretty much the reason why. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> hey, it's quite all right. Um, then yeah. we, had, uh, we had ECW. Did um, This was taped after Raw. Before. Oh, before. Okay, so people... It started... The, the show started as ECW, but I think the uh, the dark... The the first match was a dark match between Eugene and Hacksaw and Duggan versus Viscera and Charlie Haas. Wow. And uh, the crowd really likes Hacksaw. Sure. He gets that, that great nostalgia pop. And I have to say that with, uh, with Hacksaw, I think because I, when I was... A, when I was watching... WCW in the late 90s, I kind of had like a resentment toward Taxaw because mm-hmm. like, here he is taking away TV time from young, hungry guys who deserve it. But he got really big pops, and I'm like, ah, oh, those stupid fans, what the fuck do they know? Mm-hmm. But now now I'm a little bit older, I'm more understanding of like why why do, why do people pop for Hacksaw? It's because he's, he's, part of our, he's part of our childhood, you know? And it's kind of neat to see him out there, and I get it now, and I'm not so into like reading internet recaps and trying to find out how many stars did Scott Keith give Chris Benoit versus Chris Jericho. And instead, I'm more like, I'm more like, hey, you know, it's pretty cool to see a legend out there, and I want to pop for him. And it's cool to say ho, and it's it's cool that he's walking around with his two by four. And all the fans seem to get into that, and I think that's pretty cool to have that, especially when some of the younger guys. They don't know how to get that heat yet, or they don't have the gimmicks that fans really want to get into. Especially the WWE audience, which yeah. is less wrestling based and more, you know, character based. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, 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 I just I just thought it was kind of neat to see him the, being one of the first ones out. But I still would have wanted to see a couple of like like other dark matches. Between, like, let's say some guys in the New York City area that, you know, wanted to try out or whatever. Sure. But, I mean, that, that I mean, I mean the match was fine and everything. You know, Hacksaw had his, got his spots in, Eugene got his usual retard spots, and the crowd really popped big for Eugene running around the ring with the American flag. That got a really big reaction. All right. And, 
it's it's kind of cute to see a little retard guy running around the flag. Sure. Like, oh, how cute. <laughs> how was the uh, ECW show? I actually did not see this on TV, but... Um... Ooh, it's a... Uh, hmm, let's see. People, people, people pop to Sabu, but I, I, t- I kind of said that the reaction for ECW was about half the reaction that the, uh, the six man with Cena got. That's okay. The, yeah, that's 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 pretty much how it was. I mean, that's I mean, it, and there was heat, but since it was in the uh, in the beginning part of the show, I mean, doors opened. They they say that the show starts at eight, but the show is really starting at like seven forty-five. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, um, people were still getting into their seats at eight fifteen, eight twenty. So, um, I think that was one factor. That was one reason why the show didn't get maybe the reaction that Raw got, and it, it, it people are still trying to figure out who these guys are and why should I care about Balls Mahoney and why should I care about Hardcore Holly when I've seen him on SmackDown for a million years. Yeah, you know, there's that that you have to contend with as well. The show was fine, but um, nobody wants to see Renee Dupree. Renee Dupree cannot cannot get heat to save his freaking life. I don't care how many times he does the uh, French tickler or whatever he calls it. Oh, it's it, wacky dance. Yes. It, 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 he can't get heat. He can't get real, honest-to-God heel heat. Even when he was a, a a Frenchman, he didn't get heat. He's never going to get heat. And I'm tired of seeing him on television. And um, it's kind of messed up that he has a job and there are a bunch of guys out there that work for Ring of Honor and IW. Mid South and that don't have jobs. Mm. Yeah, that's that's kind of how how I feel about things. But I guess if you're a friend of Pat Patterson, you can get whatever you want. Sure. How was the uh, CM Punk Shannon Moore match? Because I actually saw that that same match the next night and uh, it wasn't so hot. I was just wondering how it was the night before. Uh, well, it's kind of like every CM Punk match in ECW. He kind yeah. of just does his moves and that's it. <laughs> yep, that sounds about it. It sounds like it's like every single CM Punk match. All his, it's just spot, 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 uh, and a kind of ice, you know, tap out. That that that, that pretty much was the match. And um, I, I I I I chanted his name because I'm thinking, hey, he's this cool guy from Ring of Honor, and he had that that really cool 93 minute match with, with Chris Hero, and that 55 minute ladder match with Chris Hero, and you know, he's pretty good, if not all that flashy. But um, I have to admit, by the end of the match, that was kind of underwhelmed. But I'll tell you this much, Punk was really happy to be in that building because he he, uh, he started stra- he, he actually jumped onto the barricade and was straddling the, battle, the, the barricade mm-hmm. while raising his arms up in, in, in happiness. So uh, he was pretty happy to be in there. But uh, I kind of thought that the match was a little bit cookie-cutter and could have been a little bit more different. But... Uh, Hey, uh, this is the new WWE slash ECW CM Punk. So yeah. yeah. Oh well. Right. <laughs> Any more uh, thoughts from Monday? Um, my girlfriend said that she spotted Tommy Dreamer giving a retarded person a uh, his T-shirt after their, his run-in. Oh, that's nice. So, yeah, he's a he's a Tommy Dreamer seems to ha- seems to have a heart of gold, and uh, even though his wrestling never really was the greatest. He, he seems to be a genuinely nice guy, and it's kind of kind of nice to see that that uh, some guys aren't all that Hollywood or whatever, you know. Sure, so that, that that's cool. All right. Well, the next day I was at a SmackDown taping, and uh, 
Well, you got to see Rene Dupree. I got to see Sylvan Grenier in a dark match beat a uh, local guy. Sweet. And, How uh, was the match? Three and a half, four stars. It was um, about as basic a, as a match could be, and um, it wasn't. It wasn't too bad. The crowd was into it because the guy was, you know, they announced him as being from Boston, and uh, the easy USA chance for GP. And you know, the first match of the night, crowd's excited. That usually has pretty good heat. Right. I mean, nothing. I, I barely remember it, but you know, I've seen. I've seen much worse. And um, I have some questions. To ask. Oh, you fire away. Okay. Um, what was the reaction for Mr. Granier? Was there a lot of, like, rabid Sly fans in the audience? Because I'm sure that there are somewhere out there. Um, nope, just kind of the... When he came out, it's like, you know, oh, it's this guy. And and everyone saw his wacky entrance video where he smiles in front of pictures of Quebec or something. And not not too much going on. So he wasn't really... I mean, when he won the match, there wasn't really much of a pop, right? Not really, no. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Hmm, and my second question is, do you know if this guy, the the jobber, was he really from Boston? I think he's a local guy. If he's not originally from Boston, he he does live in the area. So, uh, so probably some truth in advertising there. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Just All wanted right. to know. All right. Uh, this was like the Fit Finley show because he was in like three backstage segments. He had the opening interview and worked the main event, which is uh totally fine by me. And I I mean. I got to hear his theme music like uh, like four times tonight, and I'm like, it's oh, wow. a really cool song. And and like, what happened to theme music? It, it's all it's all generic heavy metal now. I heard a, you know, I hear a Bobby Lashley song and The Miz and uh, I don't know, like Sylvester Turkai, and I can't remember any of them. And like back in the day, like 2000, you play two notes, I could tell you, you know, whose theme song it was. It's just, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened either. Um, this is why I kind of liked Raven's WCW stint because when he first got in, he didn't have music, so he was like special because he didn't have music. Um, I don't know. I I'm, I, I kind of feel the same way as you, mm-hmm. but that that music that is kind of gone. The quality of the uh, the theme music has gone down, and I think that a petition needs to be started. And uh, I think what's this guy's name? Uh, James Johnston or whatever. Yeah, Jim guy, Johnson, something like that. Yeah, Jim Johnson. I think some somebody has to go and tell him that he's slacking off at his job, or whoever is picking out this music needs needs to. Uh, n- there needs to be a consideration for replacing that person and bringing somebody else. Because I I love to hear some Skinnerd. I think I want to hear some more Skinnerd. I want to hear some Billy Ray Cyrus. I want to I want to hear some No Doubt. You know, I want to hear. I want to hear some of that 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 good shit. You know, that shit they play on MTV with these 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 bands with the makeup and uh, the t- really tight jeans, and they're very they're very emo now. And I want to hear some of that whiny rock music that all the kids nowadays like. That's what I want to hear, so I can feel hip and cool again. You know. Sure. Yes, and I also I I want to hear some like theme songs from like other cool bands like ELO. R-E-M, uh, A-C-D-C. Notice the trend here? All the letters. Uh, yeah, all letters. I want, I want to hear just different kind of shit, you know. I want, to, I, I want to hear something from VH1 Classics, you know, something like that. Today, well, we're getting this, this rock music now. This, this freaking rock music is, is ruining Earth. I want to hear some rap music. What the hell? I want to hear some rap music talking about slanging dope and hitting bitches. 
And I'm not getting any of that. I'm just hearing this rock shit about hitting people really hard and um, I don't know. I, I, I just don't get these kids nowadays with their music, you know. But I want to be more hip and cool, so um, whatever is on the MTV VMAs, you know, let's get a song from the All-American Rejects. Let's get, let's get the whole freaking album and just give a, give, give a song from, from the whole album to, to some job or guy or whatever. I mean, I want to hear Move Along more. You know, since, uh, since the Diva search has ended, I don't think that Layla should get the, uh, get the Move Along song. I want, uh, who's someone that needs the Move Along song? Some, somebody. I'd, I'd probably say the Pitbulls. Give the Pitbulls Move Along, you know? That's what I think. I think there needs to be more MTV music so that the kids can dig it and I can feel like I'm hip and cool. That was quite the rant there. Yeah, I'm just a ranting lunatic. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm, I, I'd like to apologize to my mother if she's listening to this and to say, sorry, Mom, for coming out of your womb. <laughs> All right. Speaking of hard-hitting, which you mentioned about... Uh three minutes ago in that rant. Uh, during Bobby Lashley's entrance video, it says, you know, it shows highlights of him doing stuff. Says, Then it says, oh, it writes hard-hitting. And then it says soft-spoken. I'm like, what the... That's not, you know, that's not a positive for a big wrestler guy. He's already a terrible on the mic. That's not... Yeah. That, that drove me nuts. Like, who, who thought that was a good idea, soft-spoken? I don't know. I don't know, but he's hard-hitting, but soft-spoken. So he has a, he has a tender side, right? Is that is that it? I guess. He's got a tender side. Maybe he should like instead of walking out and being like he's like angry jacked up black guy routine, he should just come out with like a blanket, you know? Like give him give him give him like um Linus from Peanuts gimmick. Give him that gimmick. Have him just come out with a have him come out with like a little blue blanket or whatever. Would he uh, quote Seemed the out. Bible too? Yes, with the with the Bible. Fuck yeah, a Bible. It could be like a Bible toting blanket boy gimmick, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think it, it could work. It could work, and then you could have CM Punk come out and steal the Bible and then rip all the pages out, because he's an atheist or whatever, and then you could have your next feud, or have Vince McMahon come out and then rip the pages out of the Bible, because Vince McMahon doesn't believe in God either. It could work! It could. Oh, I forgot to I, mention this. I had um, I had an idea for a gimmick of my own, seeing Sylvain Grenier in a dark match, where he's wrestled seemingly a million dark matches. I would have a guy called Dark Match O'Donohue, and he'd be 40 years old, and his gimmick would be that he's wrestled in dark matches for 20 years, and he's never been on TV. But he thinks he's this grizzled veteran who's been there longer than anyone, and he'd show up and be like, <laughs> you kids today, and people would be like, who the hell is this guy? And uh, it would be great. Hmm. That sounds really interesting. I I, I think you could get somebody. I, I think there, there might be a wrestler out there that could fit that mold. You know, sure. a guy, you know, hey, Julio De Niro. There you go. In a couple yeah, Julio De Niro can be forty. Will be forty eventually. Put him in that gimmick. I don't think he's I'm busy telling now. You. Huh? I don't think he's too busy right now. He's probably no, selling tires or something. He's, yes, yes. He's, he's probably a mechanic somewhere in Anchorage, Alaska. Give him that gimmick, and I'm telling you, he, he he'll make it work. He'll make it work. Nobody remembers Julio De Niro. Julio De Niro is, is probably the, the most forgettable wrestler on the face of the planet. Mm. Either either him or um let's think of another guy. Um Jamie Dundee. <laughs> there you go. If if it doesn't work out with um De Niro, 
give it to Jamie Dundee. Oh, Jamie Dundee was a lot more memorable than Julio De Niro. Julio De Niro, yeah. I don't think anyone's sure he exists. I remember Jamie Dundee big time. Do you? I did, definitely. Please you tell could... me about tell me about Jamie Dundee because I always want I, I always want to know about Dundee and I don't I... get enough information from the net. Great PG thirteen tag team in Memphis. If anyone remembers that? They were the rappers for the Nation of Domination. They mm-hmm. were in uh, ECW for a little bit. Summer ninety seven. I think he was a writer and appeared on the Jerry Springer show. Ooh, is he in jail now? Probably for child support, or he got out, or he's back in. I, I know. I always hear these like fucked up Jamie Dundee stories on the on the uh, Death Valley Driver oh, yeah. board. About like how he's like banging fourteen year old girls, how he asked Eddie Guerrero to do drugs with him when Eddie Guerrero was trying to be clean, and uh, I, I don't know. People, I think people kind of mix up Dundee with Brian Christopher for some reason. <laughs> oh, second That's, generation Memphis guys. I could see it. Wow. Yeah, Both sleazy of them drug. Very sleazy. I hear lots of sleazy stuff about Dundee. Yeah, yeah, but I have to, I have to say about Dundee. Dundee had a pretty decent squash match. No, no, no. He was he was the one who used the squashy. Okay. But the guy who squashed him was John Cronus. They had a pretty good, pretty decent squash. You know, Dundee came out wearing like a big floppy clown hat and uh, really fucked up, torn uh, jean shorts. And Cronus uh, beat him pretty quickly. But um, I actually wanted to see more of Dundee in ECW. But I think I heard that Sandman and him got into some fight or whatever, and Dundee was talking like like he was a, he was a big star because he was at WrestleMania or whatever. And <laughs> there you go. Yeah. They, they need, I think the wrestling industry needs more Jamie Dundee's and less, less uh, Bobby Lashley's. Mm. That's what I think. That's what I miss about wrestling nowadays, just guys who are outspoken, and there seem to be just far far few of them, far few in between. I mean, you've got, you got Conan, who... Runs his mouth about everything, but how many of these guys are out there these days? Not that many, it seems. Nope. No. Oh, I also have I think, to. Oh, go ahead. Oh, this is why I think people will pop for Scott Hall. You know, people want to see Scott Hall back. You know, Scott Hall comes out with a. He's doing these torch talks now mm-hmm. with Keller, and I, I, I can say that I'm very entertained by reading this, and I actually want to see him back now more than ever. Yeah. Yeah, people like. People like outspoken wrestlers, and uh, nobody. W- I, I I read these commentaries by guys like Austin Aries and Jimmy Jacobs, and they all seem to be wanting to toe the line and not not trying to piss off any promoters or whatnot. And it seems that the guys who are the most outspoken are the guys who either haven't caught a break in a while, or the guys who just don't really give a shit, like New Jack. Yeah. And. You know, I, I wish there'd be more more guys that would actually speak up and stand up and say, "Hey, this is wrong and this is messed up." But it seems that every every wrestler, every young wrestler now, just seems to be trying to tell the line, and it's just not very entertaining when I'm reading for these message boards at work. All right, and uh, moving along. Oh, we had a, a series of vignettes where Rey Mysterio brought his son Dominic to the Please. show, which um, uh, I, I love it. <laughs> you just belch on the air. I did not belch. Oh, okay. You'll hear when when I have some when I have some seven up in my system, I will I will belch, but not right now. Are you like New Jack? If someone gives you Sprite instead of seven up, you throw in their face and flip out. Yeah, because you know I I, I am like I, I'm probably like a sixty fourth African American, so yeah, I probably would do the same exact thing because all black people would react in such a manner. 
Alrighty then. As I was saying, uh, we had... Oh yeah, I, I love Rey Mysterio's thinking where he's being tormented by uh, Eddie Guerrero's nephew and uh, and wife. So he brings his son Dominic to the show, who is Eddie Guerrero's uh, biological son. And uh, right. apparently everything would, would just be fine. But... Um, mm-hmm. Oh, Mr. Kennedy uh, uh, sucks ass in the ring, too. I, I want to make note of that. I don't know what people oh. see in him. Right. He, he is he's not, not good. good. He's not good at all. He just seems... He's got a lot of charisma, but that's about it. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know about him. Is he, is he getting over? Or is he over? Didn't really seem that way. I mean, I'm sure if he had done his, his thing with the microphone, people would chant it along, but no one was really, you know, booing him. He's not really over heel. No, it's just his stick. His his stick is over, but not yep. him, not him winning a match. Like people, people didn't pop one way or another for him winning. Like, yep. So well, they also uh, massively screwed up a spot where Ray went for, I think, some springboard thing he does mm-hmm. and uh, hit his nuts on Mr. Kennedy's head, and uh, Damn, they, they did edit that out. So there you go. That's cool. Sounds like every K Quick Test match on. <laughs> So and um, what else? Did, there was really nothing too much of note. I will say the Sylvester Turkai squash got thunderous, boring chants from the crowd, which were uh, edited out wow. through the magic of television. Wow! And those were very well deserved chants, by the way. But you know, I popped for Turk when I when I found out that Turkai was coming in. I really popped for that because you know I wanted to see Turkai in the ring because I've heard so much about him and. I, you know, he's got this amateur background and shoot fighter background. And, you know, he wrestled for Zero One and he did mm-hmm. the whole Brody shtick. And, uh, I don't know, I guess people aren't really into guys who shoot fight or whatever. Well, I mean, when you do it in the wrestling context, you can't have it look look bad. Like, you can't have, you know, punches that miss by, you know, a foot or, or something. Or spinning back fists that you totally whiff on. <laughs> But you have to pop for their jackets, the matching jackets that him and Elijah Burke have. Oh, they have some pretty sweet. cool jackets. I want, I want one of them. If I'd they buy sell one. them on, but yeah, if they sell them on ShopZone, I'll buy it. I mean, Takai has a great look. He's huge. I like the beard. He looks like a bad dude. And Elijah Burke's a lot of fun, but yeah. unfortunately, when the bell rings, you're uh, you're out of luck. I'm digging like um, I'm digging Turkai's acromagly on his face. Just <laughs> I'm digging that. I think that's a pretty cool, like, look with the whole pushed-out forehead, the way it is. Hmm. But, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I've only seen one match of his, and that was at my girlfriend's parents' house, and the crowd wasn't really feeling him then either. I think it was his debut match where, like, where um, I think Cole and JBL were running down his amateur credentials or whatever. But, um, hmm. I guess he's a... Uh, God, they gotta rethink the whole Turkai experiment. Yeah, or do uh, something with Burke. <laughs> oh, definitely. But uh, oh, I have to give JBL some uh, enormous credit here because he does a hell of a. J- he really uh, enhanced the show, and he really does make an effort to put over everyone. That's yeah. good. Even you know, one thing about JBL is that he puts over everybody on television. But if you go on WWE.com, he had a little rant about Vito and Simon Dean, and uh, he called Simon Dean a stooge and a strawler. Yeah, and like I, I'm hearing that, I'm like, wow, JBL's calling Simon Dean a corporate kiss ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. That, that 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 even though JBL puts over people, that that's one thing that he doesn't like is Vito. He doesn't like Vito. He doesn't he like the Miz at all. 
He doesn't like the Miz at all. Nope. Very surprising. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm stunned. Oh, that I said the the Miz match live against Sky Too Haughty. I said it was okay live. Boy, that suck ass on uh, TV. So I apologize to anyone who may have not wanted to change the channel during that match, thinking it would have been okay. Because I was I was wrong. I want. I actually really wish I could see more Scotty Tati because I don't really watch SmackDowns because it doesn't. The scheduling doesn't really jive with my lifestyle. You know my yeah. my swinging lifestyle right now that I'm sure. living. You know, going. You know, I'm going places, man. I can't can't be flicking the channel over to the, the, the channel nine at three a.m. Man, I'm doing things, man. I'm, I'm living the high life. There you go. Can't be doing that. Well. But like, I really wish I could see more Scotty Tuhati because it seems as, as if it's been years. It's been it's, it's like seeing a friend after ten years. That's how that's how it is when I see a Scotty Duhati match these days. I miss the guy. I miss seeing him on television. But hey, he's making he's making a check. Yeah. More power to him. There you go. And uh, the show did end with uh, Bobby Lashley beating Fit Finley by DQ. He will headline No Mercy against uh, Booker T. And I'm not too sure about uh, the buy rate for this one. That 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 buy rate is not going to be any good because they're. They, the the coverage of SmackDown now isn't really all that great because of all the preemptions and yeah. the the ill-fated move to CW. Um, that that that's one strike against them, and another strike against them is that there isn't really a whole lot of character development when it comes to Lashley. Like, what are people supposed to be getting into when they when he comes out? Like, hey, he's got cool moves and everything, but like, you know, he doesn't really say a whole lot, and well, he, he doesn't he's have the aura. Yeah, he doesn't have the aura of, of even a Goldberg because even though oh, Goldberg, no. yeah, he doesn't have anywhere near near the. Uh, I think they lost the whole aura thing with with the um, with his match with Simon Dean over those burgers. At, uh, <laughs> I think it was last year's. Was it last? Was it? It was uh, last year's. Was it last year's No Mercy? Or I have the DVD. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was that burger match. That, that, that that's where they killed the whole aura when it came to Lashley. Yeah, I, I, I predict a really low buy rate. <laughs> Although I'm pretty sure this is the first, um, I think, uh, Black Man versus Black Man world title match on pay-per-view. Fuck yeah! I'm pretty sure. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not counting The Rock, because I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure of his ethnicity, but uh, I'm pretty sure this is the first one in the history of the WWE. What they should do is just change the match. Don't even make it Lashley versus Booker. Make it a battle royal, bring in, bring in crime time. Eric Skipper, Elijah Burke, um, uh, MVP. Yep. Not not the not the Steve Lombardi MVP. No. Montel Vontavich. Something something yeah. Yeah Porter yeah bring him in. Um, bring Ron Simmons out of retirement. Oh, what the hell is that guy's name? Just bring out um, just bring out tons and tons of black guys from bring out the bring out the um, bring New Jack Mustafa Dilo Brown. The bodyguards for a nation of domination. Um, Owen Hart, he, he, he was he was a part black, right? Well, he was in the nation of uh, domination, but he. I uh, think they should go to Canada and get a big rig or something, and hook it up to the uh, hook it up to his uh, corpse and bring it bring it to the ring as well. You might as well, right? I, I, he'd probably be the winner of the match because they couldn't, unless someone will not. Uh, I, I've, I bet everyone would team up to pick him up. His um, yeah, yeah, it would be like though. it would be like Yokozuna, you know, in, yeah, in the, the Royal like Rumble. That. Everybody, everybody went to Yokozuna. As much of a threat as Yokozuna was in the in the, in the Royal Rumble, 
at the battle at the Battle Royal, Owen Hart's course would probably be even more of a threat to win, especially with all with the uh, all the bugs and all the other things that are eating eating his car- carcass as we speak. <sighs> Yeah, am I going to be getting in trouble with the FCC for talking about Owen Hart? I don't think we can get in trouble with the FCC. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, <laughs> everyone else. I don't know, but not the FCC. Yeah, yeah. I think I might have said a little bit too much. But well, oh well, it happens. <laughs> it, it happens. That's why there's an off switch. Yeah, that, that's why. Yeah, that's right, jerks. If you don't like the show, then you don't have to watch it. This is Tanvir versus <laughs> the world, jerks. And if I want to talk about Owen Hart in a in a mean way, then I can do it because he's been dead for many many years, for seven years or so. So mm-hmm. I can talk bad about him. If people can make fun of the um, something else that happened on nine eleven, then I can make fun of Owen Hart's corpse. Thank you. Okay. Then uh, then after SmackDown, we had an ECW taping, and a lot of the crowd actually. Uh, stuck around, uh, ECW did run in Worcester, pretty much down the street at the Palladium, and this will air on Tuesday, I will very quickly go over uh, the results, we had uh, Sabu, the same man, Tommy Dreamer against Mike Knox, Test, and Matt Stryker the good guys won by DQ, and Test pushed the ref into the ropes, and knocked Sabu off the top not a whole lot going on there one question, Um, was there a dark match with uh, Eric Kulas versus New Jack? No, there there was not. Uh, thing is, how Eric Kulas is uh, deceased, like Owen Hart, and um, New Jack is not a, not under contract. Uh, that match did not take place. I, I think that they could have done that because I know that the um, didn't it happen in Massachusetts. It the, did. Um, Revere, Massachusetts. Revere, yes, yes. I think they could have done a, a part two of that. You know, Devon and um, Eric Kulas versus the gangsters. They could have brought back. Um, Mustafa, I, I, he's probably somewhere in Memphis right now. They kind of brought it back and have it, had a go of it. You know, I think I think Eric Kulas still wants his wants to get into ECW. I think from the grave, he still wants to get into ECW now more than ever. <laughs> more than ever, I'm sure he. he I'm would. sure he's watching from wherever the hell he is right now. And he's like, damn, they're on TV and I'm not. All right, then we had uh, Kevin Thorne beating Balls Mahoney in a shitty match. Uh, CM Punk beat Shannon Moore. Probably the exact same match you saw the night before, yeah. not so good. The uh, story of the night was Booker T was backstage for whatever reason. Ran into all the ECW guys. He ran to Balls Mahoney, CM Punk, and uh, ran to RVD, who challenged him to a match. And mm-hmm. uh, then we we had an odd segment where Paul Heyman came out with the Bashams. And um, I, I don't even know if this was for... TV or not, it was being taped, but he was just riling up the crowd pretty much. He would okay. say, you know, my name is, and they'd stop. Like like people were booing vociferously, they weren't, but then they started to boo. He did this like three more times. People were, you know, all riled up. He said, you know, Worcester's not on the plans for ECW. He's glad the original company went out of business, and uh-huh. he thanked Mr. McMahon for bringing it back. And you know, and then he and then the ECW theme started to play, and he just pretty much stopped, said good night, and then left. So. I don't know if there was a delay, they had to kill some time, or how much of this is going to air, but it was very, probably the best segment of the night, but just a, a little odd, but Heyman, Heyman knows how to work a crowd. He does. He, he, I mean, he did it, he did it in, in New York City, with the, he had a segment where he was on the mic, and, you know, he, when he's on the mic, he, he, he is a star, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the, he, he, 
he's got a lot of talent on that mic. Uh, more so as a uh, heel, not a, not as a heel commentator, but as a heel character. I think that yeah. that 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 is his strength right there. Um, I will say this about Heyman. He um, back in the old ECW days, he did a great job of of always after the pay per view, he'd always do the uh, pay per view recap shows, mm-hmm. and he did a he he always did a great job of making every match seem important, seem great. He made Taz versus Shane Douglas seem to be an all-star encounter, which is pretty amazing. But he he knows how to make he he knows how to make things be better than what they seem. Uh-huh. And this uh, 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 now now it's it's a little bit harder. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was funny, he was saying, you know, the match between Booker T and Rob Van Dam would not be a cage match, would not be a strap match, would not be, you know, a dog collar match. It would be an Extreme Rules match. Like, this was the most heinous thing ever. Wow. And, and Extreme Rules consisted of them using a chair at, at certain points in their match. But Hardcore Holly ran in and uh, beat up RVD and Booker T won, and that was that. And Booker T did pull out a Harlem hangover, which made me happy, but he missed. Yeah, but he's not really from Harlem, though. I mean, uh, actually, it's the Houston Hangover, I guess technically. Yeah, the Houston Hangover. Yeah. Well, there you go. And then, because uh, uh, three hours forty-five minutes, not enough. We had a bonus match. We had Booker and Finley against uh, Lashley and Batista. Uh-huh. I guess the wrestlers just said, you know, I, I guess we're done because Lashley is being beaten on. You figure, well, he make the hot tag to Batista. Batista cleans house, whatever. Nope, uh-huh. Lashley just uh, speared Booker T, pinned him, and uh, have a good night. People just wanted to go home. Yeah. And- they want to go home, then why can't we, you know? So I guess that was the mentality of the guys. I was not upset by this at this point. I was, uh... You got the door? <laughs> yeah. I uh, vaulted out the door and uh, departed. Smart move. So, yep, that was uh, ECW Will Air. It's probably your standard ECW show. If you like Tremendous. it, you'll like it. If not, you know, this will not change your mind. Yeah, you know, you might as well watch... Watch uh, the first season of Dog the Bounty Hunter instead on DVD. You know, you watch that instead. Yeah, sure. I love the dog. Did he get arrested? Yeah, he got arrested. He's in Mexico right now because um, what happened was three years ago, Dog and his his son and um, uh, a friend of his they um, they went to Mexico and they they uh, they took custody of the heir of Max Factor Cosmetics, who was charged with raping three women that drugging and raping three women back in America. Mm-hmm. So they brought they uh, they took custody of this guy and brought him back to America. The problem is that Mexico does not allow for bounty bounty hunting to happen, you know? Oh. So that that that's where the problem stems from is that they they illegally went into another country and brought some money back to America. Um, the good thing is that this 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 rapist is in jail for like 125 years or something. So uh I guess there's a positive in all this, but uh, hopefully the dog will come out and that there can be another season of Dog the Bounty Hunter. When I when I think about my life and who I want to be, I, I think of Dog the Bounty Hunter. That's who I want to fucking be. All right. The dog. The dog, man. Oh, one thing we forgot to discuss was Crime Time on Raw. Crime and, Time? Uh, crime Time. And, uh, I, I've seen oh, these... Crime Time, yeah. Yeah, Crime Time. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? Crime time? What, crime uh, time? You said prime time. I'm thinking about either Skipper again. Oh, no. no, crime time. And um, the the skits, it's like someone watched the Chappelle show and said, we should try to do that kind of brand of humor on Raw. 
mm-hmm. they try to do it, and it's just it's just like the Chappelle show usually has a, a point they're making about something. They're, yeah, but the, the, it's just it's just odd. It's, it's weird. To odd, me. I, yeah, I think you're exactly. I, I think you're right about it. There's something lacking in the humor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I don't, I don't really find it offensive. I mean, God, this wrestling, you know. Been, I'm happy to see these two guys, these two, these two brothers, on television. You know, as as as, as the people, the uh, urban people, like to call them brothers. You know, um, I'm happy to see them on television because there aren't that many black guys on TV, and I think you need some around. And I, I think, especially with uh, Shad Gaspard, who we talked about in the last the last time that I was on the show, we talked about him. Mm-hmm. You know, he was. You know, he was in a different planet or whatever. And the neighborhoodie, the neighborhoodie. Um, I think these two guys have a lot of talent when it comes to robbing and uh, chasing down individuals who just happen to be Caucasian. You know, I, I think they're re- they're really good with that, and they're, there's talent for that. And these guys, they they, they kind of remind me of the Midnight Express. I, I think they could go a long way. I I, I just hear them coming out now to the, the Midnight Express theme song. <laughs> Yes, I think yeah, the chase. Yeah, yes, yes. All you need now is a cornet figure, and who's the guy? Who's the guy that the guy who who managed the New Harlem Heat back in WCW? And he used to oh, yeah, I know he didn't. He used to be Clarence Mason. Yes, yes, Clarence Mason. Bring him back out of the out of the mothballs. And put him, put him with Shad and Neighborhoodie. You know, all we need to do is think about who's who's going to be Stan Lane and who's going to be Bobby Eaton out of the two. I, I I'd say the Neighborhood will probably be he'll be the he'll be Eaton. Yeah. And um, Gaspar will probably be Lane. Sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. I I see a lot. I see a big future for the both of these guys. They're they're. It's it's like not unfunny. It's like so unfunny that it's funny. Yeah. Yeah, it, it and kinda I kind of wraps kinda, around uh, being Yeah, funny. I kind of dig the whole G-Unit aspect of it, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think of who's, who's which one is 50 Cent and which one is Lloyd Banks, and I think they need a, uh, a couple more guys to fill out the whole crime time street aspect. They, they need a, a couple more, you know, street guys, you know, guys mm-hmm. off the guys from the hood, you know. I, I mean, on the first of the first vignette for crime time, uh, Shad, he uh, he was shouting out Flatbush. Uh, I think Park Senate Flatbush, which is somewhere in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and I know I, I know that um, neighborhood. He's 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 actually from Brooklyn as well because uh, I have so much free time on my hands at work that I end up going to all these guys' MySpaces. So <laughs> that, that, that's what I do. That's what I do, kids. I, I, I go on MySpace all day and I look at wrestlers' uh, profiles and stuff like that and try to figure out who their real friends are. Ooh, what a life of an internet wrestling personality. Yes. Yep. Right. Well, <laughs> no, you gotta get going in a little bit. But let's. Uh, are you meeting the Iron Sheik tonight or t- tomorrow? Is that it? I'm meeting the Iron Sheik tomorrow night. Tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon. I'd, I'd say I'm probably gonna meet around twelve or one. He's gonna be at the Big Apple Comic Convention at the Penn Plaza Pavilion on Thirty Third and Seventh in Manhattan. And I'm really looking forward to meeting him because he he's he's pretty much my hero. And uh, like I've told. Many, many people, you know, that you just gotta, you know, you just gotta believe and that dreams do come true. And uh, meeting the Sheik is something that I've always wanted to do. 
Um, I missed out on my opportunity a couple of months ago, but uh, Sheik is coming, and so is Nikolai Volkov, Jimmy Hart, King Kong Bundy, Bruno San Martino, Afa, not Sika. Sika will not be there. Uh, a bunch of Playboy whores are, go- are going to be there, and a bunch of comic book writers or comic book artists that are, that are going to be there. But I'm there to see the Sheik, and also Volkov and Bundy and et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, all the wrestling dudes. That's, that's, who, that's who I'm going to go see because it's my, it's my fucking Sunday, and instead of going to church, I'm going to do something better, something more holier than uh, praying to, um, to a God that doesn't exist. I'm going to go and see a God that does exist, the Iron Sheik. That promo would do the Iron Sheik proud, I think. I think so, because I'm going to talk to him about all kinds of different things. I'm going to get him a Snickers bar and some <laughs> tea. Make sure he's got some pants on. Yes, yes. Uh, we're going to sit down. And he, can, he can tell me all about uh, Iranian culture. He can tell me all about um, the Iranian uh, Olympic champion in Greco-Roman, Golam Reza Tahdi, who won tons of medals. And, uh, yeah, I just I, I listened to his shoot interview so uh I listened to his interview in, in such depth that I, I, I can kind of memorize, like, little passages that he's saying. Oh. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing the Sheik because I think that he's someone that should be taken seriously and shouldn't be considered a joke all the time like everybody on the net thinks that they should. The guy has lived a really crazy and nutty life, and um, I'm one person that thinks that it's kind of an honor to be in his presence. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the guy. All right. Well, best of luck with uh, that tomorrow. I believe we're about out of time. So, well, thank you again for being on. It's always fun and always uh, very interesting when you are on. This yeah. Hour, this hour just flew by, I have to yeah. say. And uh, do you have anything else you would like to plug, perhaps? Tons of things I need to fl- plug. Um, Thecubsfan.com for your mm-hmm. recaps of heat. Um, rest, rest in peace to Velocity. You know, but you can read all the old Velocity recaps. You can read Joe, Joe Gagne, James Kalen, Tom Feely, who you need to have on the show, by the way. Um, who else? Um, a bunch of other guys. The, uh, and another website I want to plug is the uh, CMLL blog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that thing's pretty cool. I, I, I kind of skim through that every, every now and again. Um, Cubs does a great job with it. Um, also, what I want to plug is my MySpace. Yes, I have a MySpace account. And um, I want to plug it. It's myspace.com slash Tanvir's Online Jihad. Okay. <laughs> yes, it's uh, T-A-N-V-I-R-S-O-N-L-I-N-E-J-I-H-A-D. All right, that's that's will, my uh, MySpace. We will certainly have links up to uh, this page on the I want friends. <laughs> I want and, lots uh, of friends. I want, I want Owen Hart's corpse as a, as a friend. Somebody give me Owen Hart as a friend. Hey, who who wouldn't? Yeah. So, uh, well, thank you again for being on. As always, we have a full archive of shows at joeversustheworld.com or thecubsfan.com. You can even check out uh, Tanvir's prior appearance on the show a few months back, along with plenty of other shows organized by subjects so you can find something you like. I will be back, uh, hoping to have Matt Foy on to talk the Glory by Honor weekend Great. and my, my travails uh, in, in Connecticut under the leaky tent roof. I'm going to listen to that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that should be fun. That should be up uh, probably mid-next week. And uh, again, I want to thank Tan for being on. Do you have any final words? I'm afraid to ask, but uh, I will. <laughs> um, I'd just like to apologize to the families of Hart and Eric Kulas. Thank you. 
Oh, what a very nice way to end the show. Well, well thank you for being on. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. I will be back very soon, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.